Well, we've just wrapped up our celebration of the 10-year anniversary of the Slow Flowers podcast with a retrospective of one decade that brought you more than 500 original episodes of interviews. Phew, I'm in awe of the amazing guests we have featured, their passion for local flowers, their ingenuity, dedication, and contributions to the Slow Flowers movement. Let's see what the next decade brings. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinsing. This is episode 633. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 750 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Grow Flowers. Farm Grow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S. supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to the Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important this year than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Today, we resume our weekly ritual of bringing you a new podcast episode on Wednesdays. After listening to my interview, be sure to click on over to slowflowerspodcast.com to watch my video conversation with each week's guest or guests. We're also posting these vodcasts, as our social media team calls them, to YouTube, Facebook Live, and Instagram Live, and we always try to share the link via Instagram. This past weekend, I traveled to the opposite side of Puget Sound from my home, I went south to the Tacoma Narrows Bridge and then over to the Kitsap Peninsula to the west to a town called Olala. I took the 45-minute trip at the invitation of farmer florist Jody Logue of Moss and Matter Flower Farm. I first got to know Jody when she joined Slow Flowers Society and earlier this year attended the Slow Flowers Summit. It was so nice to have so many new members, many of them from the Seattle area, attend that wonderful event. Not long after the summit, I received an email from Jody inviting me to a gathering at her farm. She wrote, I've been occasionally hosting a flower farmer meetup for folks in our area, and we have a good little group of people who come out pretty regularly. We met monthly through the off season. My main goal in hosting these get-togethers has been to build community. But as we've been meeting, we've all voiced a common wish for a flower hub collective type opportunity in our area. It's something I'm working on getting started this fall. I think the flower farmers would be excited if we put on a get together and included you and any other flower friends in the area. We would love to work around your schedule to make it happen. What a tempting invitation. It took me a few months, but this past weekend, the date was set for a gathering at Moss and Matter Farm. It was lovely to connect with a few Slow Flowers members in attendance. 
and meet several people who are new to me. Their farms range from one-year-old to one farm in its ninth season, from people who have, like Jody, recently quit full-time jobs in careers like nursing, oceanography, and teaching, and others who are flower farming while also caregiving or parenting or working off-farm jobs. The unifying thread connecting us all was women entrepreneurship, women who have been drawn like bees to honey to the age-old human practice of growing flowers or tending to plants. It was a wonderful gathering, and you'll hear more in our conversation. You see, I couldn't join Jody's party without inviting myself to come early and record an interview with her. So let's start with that, and you'll learn all about Moss and Matter Farm and the emerging floral community in and around this region, south and west of Seattle. Let's jump right in and get started. I'm so happy to introduce you to Jody Logue. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Show with Deborah Prinzing. I am so thrilled today to be in the beautiful home of Jody Logue of Moss and Matter Farm. And we're going to just have a little chat here and um, hear the story about Moss and Matter and also um, talk a little bit about what's happening here in South Kitsap County, which is kind of on the other side of Puget Sound from where I live. So we're really close to each other. As a crow flies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jody. thank you so much for, for putting this event together. And uh, we'll tell everyone at the end what we're doing after we record. Uh, but I, we met originally when you came to the Slow Flower Summit. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Did you bring some of your flowers? I did not. Okay. I yeah. know some people did. I couldn't yeah. keep track. but um, I had wanted to, but we had a big wedding that weekend, the weekend before. Yes, because it was on a Monday and Tuesday. You were so depleted. Yeah, yeah, all the good ones were gone. <laughs> well, um, you're in this wonderful wooded area, but it's cleared enough that your home is here and your pet flower farm area is here. Describe, how do you describe Moss and Matter Farm and, um, you know, a little bit about what you're growing? Um, when I tell people about the farm, I usually tell them we're a little flower farm in the, in the forest or in the woods because we really are surrounded by these huge giant maple trees and I love it. it's beautiful. There's some challenges though, you know, farming with some shade, but I'm um, always envious of other farmers that have full sun fields. Like I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you can always want what you don't have though, right? because mm-hmm. having the, uh, the tree canopy also keeps your house cool and it probably does. keeps things mm-hmm. from frying in the summer. It does. Yeah. And incidentally, I've found, some of the things that I grow get longer stem length because they have to reach for the sun a little. So yeah. like cafe au lait dahlias, you know, notoriously have stumpy little stems, but because mine are a little bit shaded, they really have to reach for the sun. So I get nice long stems. So, so the little flower farm in the woods, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, tell me about when you started. When, did, when was your first season? Oh yeah. Um, first season was 2020. So this is my, only my third growing season. Oh, wow. So I'm still a newbie. Like I'm not a very good farmer yet, but we're working on it. So, but we, we have established that you're not afraid of hard work. Correct. You and your husband mm-hmm. built this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of the construction themselves. So you said it's because you're cheap, but I do think it's because yeah. you're a can do person. Yeah. And I think we both like a challenge. It's always interesting to do it yourself because then you learn how it works and new skills and yeah, just 
like to learn new things and not get bored. So. Yeah. So the property is five acres. About how much are you growing on? Um, my husband and I argue about this. I, I've always said a half an acre because I have the flower field and I'm super bad at math. So I'm not totally sure on the square footage, but then I have a lot of raised beds. And then of course I always pillage for my garden beds too, just my flower beds. Yeah. So I, I say about a half an acre. Yep. But we just expanded and dug, not dug up, but we scalped the lawn off the drain field out to, um, I guess, the east over there. And we put in um, a bunch of peonies and a stilby. So you were it saying, brings it up to about an acre. Yeah, and you were saying that the drain fields um, can take plantings above them mm-hmm. if it's sh- not not woody material, but perennials, yeah. no problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, the septic guy said... Don't do crops you have to turn over all the time. Mm. Just the disturbance would be hard on the drain field. But he said perennials that um, have a shallow root system would totally be fine. So I immediately thought of peonies because you can plant them nice and shallow. Yeah. And then they still be, the floral industry can never have enough. Yeah. So you can count on selling that. Yes. And it's kind of, the still be side is kind of shady. So I think, I think it'll be a good spot. I think it'll be Mm -hmm. great. So So I put 300 in, 300 of still be's. So I'm really hoping it might take a year or two. Where did you find them? Did you have to hunt Um, for a nursery that had good good rootstock? Yeah, they came as rooted. Okay. I'd have to look back at my prices. That's okay. I can let you know later. People can reach out if they really want to know. I mean, peonies, I think I have a general knowledge of where people can buy peony roots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still bees, I think you probably had to hunt a little bit more. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's really hard to find information on growing a still bee as a crop. There's just not... Any yeah. research, any white papers, anything. It's still a garden plant, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I thinking about people I know who grow it, it's never in large quantities. It's mm-hmm. always kind of like a little uh, footnote to the season. Like, yeah. oh, there's a little one accent. bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now you're going to change that. I mean, the wholesalers charge 40 bucks a bunch for a still be. And I mean, I think it's just because it's too hard to get. So. I think you're right. It's probably coming from Holland. Probably. Uh, so what is the, the we're on Moss road or moss terrace or mossy place mossy place mm-hmm. okay yeah. so i get the moss mm-hmm. and then what is the matter m-a-d-d-e-r well, yeah matter as in matter root um oh yeah okay um turns out it's really hard to name things and yes. so i have a book that a dear friend gave me about old victorian florography yeah. yeah. Um, and just the fun hobby of sending kind of secret messages with bouquets and arrangements. So um, I wanted to make sure the name that we chose at least had a nice meaning. You yes. Know, with yeah. the old Victorian names. Um, but I didn't have anything specific in mind. So I just started looking through names of plants that grow around here that had a nice meaning that kind of went with our values and um the old victorian um meaning of moss is charity and i think motherhood or something they Mm -hmm. often have multiple Mm -hmm. meanings um and then matter was healing and tranquility so yeah it just seemed like a nice name for a quiet place in the woods so you named the farm moss and matter flower farm Mm -hmm. But Aaron's construction business is also using the name now. Is that right? Yeah. Well, Moss and Matter Builders. Builders, just yeah. Just because, again, it's hard to name things. So we just figured. Go for the brand. It's the yeah, family brand. We'll just stick with it. I love yeah, it. It's too I hard to think it. of a new name. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. your logo. I mean, I, we'll, we'll share it on the show notes. You've just done really a beautiful job telling your story and branding 
um, who you are. And of course, here in the Pacific Northwest, if the word moss is in the business, we know she's local, right? So (laughs) we grow moss here, right? (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Also, I will just say when I visited, um, uh, in Walla Walla, one of our members, Elaine Vandiver, has um, old homestead alpacas and Golson oh. Gardens. And at Golson Gardens, she grows dye plants. And there's a matter root that is she uses mm-hmm. for color. I can't mm-hmm. remember what color it is. Have to it's look like a up. pretty burgundy, not burgundy, like a rusty, pinky kind of. Okay. Almost the color of that chair. Okay, so yeah. kind of like a faded rose color. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so you, you knew that I do already. have some growing. Um Ter- turns out it's a terrible plant to grow. It's like this big, viney, sticky, not a pretty annoying, cut flower. No, and the plant itself is obnoxious. But um, I have it contained in a flower bed because I guess it can run off a little bit. But you have to wait three years to harvest for okay. for dye. So you roots. might be doing that then. Mm-hmm. That'll make it even more relevant. Yeah, we'll see though. If I ever, you know, so many projects, so many ideas. If I get to it. <laughs> so what are the Ways that you're selling selling your flowers. I saw on Instagram that you were doing a pop-up at a local home decor mm-hmm. store. Um, so that was kind of cool. Had you it done that fun. before? Um, no, that was the first time. Um, it looks like a I cute shop. It really is. It's, a, it's an adorable shop. It's a cool old building, and they have just adorable stuff and just nice folks. So they used to have a flower shop in the store. Oh. Um, but staffing issues kind of, they had to close the, the flower shop side of it. And the owner really wanted to do something for the back to school um, week. And so we did a build your own flower bar thing. So it was fun. Um, Would you do it again? I would. Yeah. I've kind of actually settled on the build your own bouquet idea for markets and stuff. Um, That's great. A lot of people don't do that. They just want the pre-made mason Mm -hmm. jars or grab and goes. Yeah. So this is just a... Works for you. Yeah. And honestly, it's partly because I'm lazy. Um, I got tired of going to markets and pop-up events and making bouquets ahead of time to my aesthetic and then not selling them and having to bring them home. So doing all the work of making bouquets and then, you know, having to give them away essentially at the end of the day um, just got kind of frustrating. So smart. Yeah. So I figured, um, and I think too, I learned people didn't want to commit to a $20 or $30 bouquet. So, um, I mean, Kitsap is not Seattle. Yeah. You know, we're a lot more. What's the, with the pressure on the pricing. Mm -hmm. So when you do the build your own, are you charging by the stem or do Mm -hmm. if someone says, well, they want to spend $12, you tell them they could take 12 stems or how do you do that? Yeah. I, I usually take a really wide mix of flowers so that people can pick whatever's fun to them. Um, they want bright, crazy colors and you know, like every education video article blog I've read from other wonderful farmers and florists say the same thing. So I don't think it's a secret, but yeah, I got, you know, tired of making these beautiful, like essentially wedding style bouquets that somebody could really just take and take to right. a wedding and right. then everybody wants these... orange and purple and red and it yeah. was so funny with all these so. sort of muted colors yeah muddy elegant. colors <laughs> yeah. no they didn't want those so you take the purples and the I oranges do. and uh-huh. the pinks and hot yellow I love it when they so so people can if they get what they want they mm-hmm. they go home happy yes and they remember and they can spend five dollars mm-hmm. or they can spend forty dollars mm-hmm. yeah that's so, smart yeah and maybe you go home with fewer fewer I buckets do. of flowers mm-hmm. I totally do that's great yeah so it's a little bit of laziness a little bit I think response to the 
you know, the financial pressures over yeah. here in Kitsap. So. And knowing your market. Yeah. And I think people have fun too. Some people like whip one out really quick, but some people spend 20 minutes, you know, looking at each one and really choosing yeah. specifically, which is so sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. fine for a I customer, not for someone freelancing for you. No. <laughs> yeah. No, come on, make that book. Yeah. Get it done. Um, so what are your other outlets? Well, that's kind of the challenge. Um, I have, I have some a la carte wedding options on the website. I um, saw that. It's been funny though. People just call and want to order. I, I'm having a hard time getting people to actually use the website, but, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but it's been a fun experiment. It's mm-hmm. forced me to kind of like dial in my pricing, um, and learn how to describe my products. And I'm not super great at flower photography. I think that's something the next year I really want to dig into. Um, but it's kind of forced me to get better at taking photos of my flowers. The so, light in here is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You just need to set up a little corner. I use the hallway a lot. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Down by where the guest bedroom is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. The light just pours right in there yeah. beautifully. And not too many shadows. So. Yeah. yeah. More even. Mm-hmm. I can picture that. You'll all have to look on um, the Instagram account <laughs> for Jody's photos to see what that hallway looks like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I noticed that um, your uh, your website does have this sort of a la carte, like boutonnieres, bridal bouquet, bridesmaids bouquet, but then you also have it looks like flower arrangements that could go for local delivery mm-hmm. yeah. for everyday flowers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's been kind of fun to experiment with this year. I've had some local folks order either market bouquets, which I honestly don't like to deliver for market bouquets. Yeah, it's really just like a neighbor. It's like know, in paper. Road. You mean wrapped in paper mm-hmm. kind of thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun to do more formal arrangements and then be able to deliver those. So, yeah. Yeah. That's but I Honestly, I don't think I want to do a ton of you know, onesie twosie orders in the long run because it's not efficient. Yeah. It's fun and creative, but yeah, I can't support myself mm-hmm. that way. So, yeah. So yeah. what's going to be, what do you think your sweet spot's going to be in terms of your services? Yeah. Um, I know you're only in year three. Yes. But you've looked look what you've achieved so far. It's um, really amazing. We're trying. <laughs> and now, because I quit my real job, like I need to sell them. So, okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. But that's really the the mission for next year is learn how to sell these better. And so that's partly why we're having the get together today. I've been meeting with other local flower farmers for about a year just for pie and coffee, um, mostly to make friends and just meet other folks who like flowers, but also with a low key um, motive to kind of get organized in our yeah. county. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a wholesale warehouse in Tacoma and then there's the fabulous Seattle wholesale growers market, but both are just inaccessible. They're both require a bridge it's or a, a ferry yeah. to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's and nothing in Bremerton. Mm-mm. Okay. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, there's a lot of water around here and just mm-hmm. to get from A to B requires a very busy bridge or a ferry ride. Mm-hmm. We're kind of out on a little peninsula mm-hmm. sticking out into Puget Sound. So Seattle looks close. Like as the crow flies, I think it's only seven miles. Well, that's what I was but, saying. Like where mm-hmm. you are on the west side of Ashland Island, I am on the east side, mm-hmm. but it's 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But you have to go all yeah. the way around. So, well, yeah. so Robin... Avni, my creative director for Bloom Imprint and my partner in that, and uh, the art director and creative director for the Slow Flowers Journal, we're working on our forecast for 2024. Mm-hmm. And one of the insights that we're going to have, and this is a sneak peek for everyone, is basically um, 
the power, the female power of friendships. And we're looking at, and, and the economy, and we're looking at, this was the year of Beyonce and Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. Barbie and, you know, women helping women. And I told her about what you were doing with the pie and coffee. And she said, that's a perfect example because not to generalize, but most of the flower farmers, are, if it's not a couple, it's, it's a, a woman solopreneur, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you moved here, uh, built... Well, we'll talk about your origins here, but when you got when you got started as a flower farmer, you had come from Bremerton, which is like another 45 minutes away, right? Or mm, half depending an hour. on what end you live. Yeah. Okay. Probably half. Half an hour? Okay, that shows my bad geography. But you you wanted to make friends. Mm-hmm. And so did you start this in like 2020 or yeah. Um no, we just started actually a year ago. So okay. I think the first meetup was October 22. Oh, so like just exactly a year ago. Yeah. Or maybe September. So what did but you about do? Year? You look people I, up online? I or? literally just found people in Kitsap-ish area on Instagram and started sending messages, inviting them for pie. <laughs> you figured pie, pie, yeah. come to my farm and have pie. Yeah. Who would say no to that? Right. <laughs> I love that. It worked. How, how did, did you, did you just, you, you treated it just as social at that point? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, um, had hoped maybe, you know, to find some mentors, some local buddies that we could share even information about our weird little microclimate here mm-hmm. or even yeah. tools, you know, cause I've purchased tools. I know I don't need all the time, but just the idea of like, maybe we can help each other and not feel so isolated because mm-hmm. Farming is so interesting and it's just cool, but you do a lot of it by yourself. So you're absolutely right. You are isolated. Yeah. And sometimes that's the beauty of it because you can kind of like, I love to garden Mm -hmm. by myself and not talk to anyone. If a neighbor comes over to talk to me, I'm actually like annoyed because I'm in my zone. Right. They break, broke up your, your groove. Yeah. A little Mm -hmm. contemplation, but it's it's a grind, and mm-hmm. I love that you you you. I love that you did that. Yeah. I mean, do you consider yourself an extrovert? No, honestly, that's even more amazing. Yeah, honestly, like I'd be happy in the woods by myself, but I know it's not good for me. Yeah. So, like, I love quiet time. My husband's been gone for a week helping a family member with a project, <laughs> and it's been delightful to just have a my quiet husband's house. been gone for a week too, and I feel the same way. He's coming up tomorrow. Is he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it's like I can just, you know, have cereal for dinner. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about, you know, a meat and potato dinner. Yeah. Um, so were you surprised at how many people said yes? And came? I really was. How yeah. many did come that first time? I think like 10 or 12 people. Wow, Jody, that's yeah, amazing. It was, I was really shocked. Like, Lovely. Yeah. And I don't know, like as a grown up, I feel like, especially once we get into our careers or kind of you know, families with kids or whatever's going on, like you, it's really hard to make friends. Yeah. And yeah, but flower people are just the best people. I bet, I think. I bet the conversation was not hard to get done. No, gosh, I think everybody stayed super late and we just nerded out on flowers and it was so fun. So yeah. And then I've tried to do it every month. We had to take a break in the summer because we're all super busy, but Still had a couple get-togethers through the growing season. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So now a year in, there's so, there's probably a, some real core people and maybe mm-hmm. some occasional mm-hmm. attendees. Yeah. And you guys are thinking at some point about trying to create a, a hub, a flower hub. 
Yeah. Um, that's, all, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been fun to hear what people's ideas are and what their needs are. And we've had a few florists too, who've, um, who are kind of also growers um, come to our mm. get together. Mm-hmm. So it's been good to hear their perspective and what, you know, they need and what they want. And um, so I, I did a bunch of really nerdy Google polls um, and asking people like what, it really could look like. It turns out none of us actually have the appetite for a formal collect or co-op. Right. Um, like a legal, legal entity yeah. with the IRS and like group decision-making and then having to help volunteer. You it's know, not for startup costs. No. And I think everybody's so busy. We have a lot of established farmers in Kitsap. So I'm probably one of the newer folks in the group. There's one other gal who's a first year farmer, but everybody else has been farming quite a few years more than me. So, so people um, are really more interested in trying to find a, just mm -hmm. another channel for for sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm really hoping that we can have a kind of more the merrier rising tide lifts all boats sort of attitude and, um, ethos to this. And, I don't know really exactly what a collective is. I don't think there's a good definition right now. I think it's really um, yeah. tailored uniquely yeah. to the group. I think so too. Because sometimes they're very in- informal and, uh, you know, almost like let's meet in the Home Depot parking lot and swap mm-hmm. flowers mm-hmm. kind of thing. And others have a location. Mm-hmm. Others do delivery. So you'll yeah. have to kind of work through those things. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've given a lot of thought and done some research. Yeah. Yeah, so I've talked to a lot of other collectives or co-ops in other parts of the country um, and really just tried to find out what people in our area want because Kitsap's kind of weird. So we're in a funny little peninsula. It's it's just different than other places. Mm-hmm. So um, it turns out delivery is really important. Okay. So. I was just going to say also, I get the impression Tell me if I'm wrong, but there is a, a quite a destination wedding mm-hmm. um, scene going on because people want to get married by the water. Yes, and they have lots of water. Not very mm-hmm. far from the city, two mm-hmm. two big cities. Mm-hmm. So, what? Where are those florists who are doing the weddings? Are they coming from outside the market, or are they based here? I think I honestly, that's one of my kind of weak points. I need to find all the florists, yeah. and I've been looking through, you know, essentially. Google Maps, trying to find them all. Um, well, we'll get and the word even, out. yeah, and even like just the state list of businesses, like you can get a list. Turns out a lot of them aren't here anymore. But, um, right. but a lot you, of the designers kind of work out of their garage or home. Yeah. But they're the ones who do the really beautiful, artistic, you know, higher end weddings. Um, but there are some other, I mean, there's, there's, a good number of floors yeah. in our county. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I think when we talked, I, I used the analogy of what happened with the North Bay uh, Flower Collective mm-hmm. um, north of San Francisco where it was wine country and lots of weddings were taking place up mm-hmm. there, but a lot of florists were driving, literally driving past flower farms to go to downtown San Francisco to buy flowers and then bring them back. And mm-hmm. it was just that the two groups just – hadn't become aware of each other or made yeah, a, made, a, made a connection. Yeah. Maybe intent intentionality to, you know, fix that. So I think you're probably in a similar situation. Yeah. And once word gets out. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I helped, um, a florist last year, I think, um, last summer she was flying in from California. Her sister was from Seattle. They were getting married this cute little spot in um, Port Gamble. Like mm. Port Gamble's a really cool little old mill town. Yeah. Everything's like, 
kind of cookie cutter little old houses from like 1800s. This gorgeous old it's church. Been perfectly preserved yes. the whole town. Yeah. Yes, it's so cute. And um, yeah, they didn't know where to get flowers. So they found you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's quite a lot of that that happens because mm-hmm. of the just tons of wedding venues that are out here in state parks that people, yeah. people use. So. Yeah. That yeah. you just get those keywords, you know, kids mm-hmm. wedding and mm-hmm. that's fun. That's fabulous. Yeah. Well, I'm delighted that you invited me today and that yeah, I can thank you. meet all the, all the fellow far- farmers mm-hmm. have some pie and um, share a little bit uh, about slow flowers here from, I may know some people who are coming mm-hmm. here from I think uh, you might. other mm-hmm. folks. Um, and just want to be encouragement to you because I do think that this is the general shift and the general wave uh, that we're seeing across the, the all of North America is how, it, how you, it's really hard to make a profit and it's wholesaling by yourself isn't really ideal unless you have massive quantities of partic- one particular crop. Like maybe when you get your still be up and running, but when you can do a collective you're you're getting the critical mass of customers hopefully to justify it because you are going to have to offer Mm -hmm. wholesale pricing right yeah and that is different it is different yeah i think that's been one of the concerns of the other farmers is just the loss of retail pricing but i know i'm tired of doing onesie twosie sales it's a lot of work to answer emails and phone calls and text messages to to work out the details and while I love those individual sales because that's where I get to be creative and make the really beautiful arrangements. Meet your neighbors. Yes, meet my neighbors and, you know, just do the fun part of yeah. flowers. It like it's just too much interaction yeah. to be able to make enough of a living doing that. So I'm really hoping like some consistency with wholesale on one side and then some of the more onesie twosie creative sales on the other. Because I really do like doing weddings. But I definitely don't have the energy or the mental space yeah. to do too many of like them. Like the full service. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about your path to flowers. Um, you mentioned that you were quit your day job and mm-hmm. that you used to live in Bremerton, which is about a half an hour away. It, it, you had a whole professional life before mm-hmm. you you started this chapter. So yeah. what, what happened and how did that all, how did that all surprise, surprise, surprise? Yeah, it is a surprise. I did not intend to start a flower farm. Um, I've always loved growing things. I got a rose bush for my 12th birthday, I think from wow. a friend at school, just a sweet classmate. And it kind of sparked a just love of watching things grow and something to take care of too, you know? Yeah. That's um, sweet. Yeah. Um, 12 year olds and roses, but I've always had a garden. I've always, you know, just loved and spent too much money on plants. But during, um, let's see, I think it was 2019. Um, I started a master's degree, just trying to get an MBA because I was bored at my job. I'm a nurse by training, but I was working for a corporate um, insurance company and I'd been doing it for years. So I, I managed the appeal department and did medical appeals with my team and state hearings and some like kind of interesting, but mostly just like administrative paperwork boringness, yeah. but it's yeah. also kind of stressful. And um, you weren't working directly mm-mm. in the traditional nursing sense, no. directly with patients. No. So I could see where it was a corporate mm-hmm. machine. Paperwork. Yeah. 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 Lots of paperwork. Meetings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so many meetings, <laughs> so many emails. And so I started the MBA just because I was bored and needed something new to do with my brain. But um, coincidentally, at the same time, my brother was also at the end of his life, um, was in hospice. And so I'd spent a lot of nights sitting after work by his bed, mm. working on these like super boring assignments for this really dumb MBA program. And Which you felt that you should be good and yes. happy about because it was... Yeah. It was paid for by work. You know, yeah. it's the smart thing to do. Like, But it wasn't making your heart sick. No, it was not filling my heart up at all. So, and then you're dealing with grief of losing your yeah, brother. Yeah, and it just felt like the biggest waste of time. Like, why am I doing more of something that is a drain instead of a deposit and life-giving? And mm, so I quit. Mm -hmm. And then I knew I still needed to keep looking for something new to learn. So... I just kind of casually started looking at like master gardener classes, but I was really busy, so I couldn't do all the volunteer hours yeah. and kind of stumbled across some um, little intro to farming sort of free online videos through, I think it was Washington State Department of Agriculture or mm, something. Cool. I honestly don't remember now, but it was really interesting. And then the floor at work workshop came up and I just gotten a bonus at work. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to... Spend that and it'll be fun. And I figured if anything, it helped me be a better just gardener because we just finished the house. It was just mud and dirt. So I knew I wanted to plant a lot of things. Um, but then, you know, partway through the course, I'm like ordering a bunch of seeds and yeah. you fell down the rabbit hole. I fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And so my sweet husband was like, well, we can dig up the field. And so what was the field? It was just like stinging nettles and blackberries. Oh, it was just, it was yeah. just space. Just negative mm -hmm. space. Yeah, yeah, just a kind of clear spot between the trees. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So we Andy just, said he's a contractor because he had access right. to some kind of mm -hmm. earth mover. Yep. Okay. Yep. Love it. I now, know. I know you're now, now doing no-till. Let's mm -hmm. be very... Working on it, yeah. Let's be very clear about that. She's not... But stinging nettles. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. You had to eradicate them. You had to get rid of them, so... So mm -hmm. that was in 2020? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, March of 2020. So that year, I was a little bit behind the eight ball because I didn't plan on doing it. It was just kind of a whim. But, of course, I loved it. So by, like, April, so, you're trying to plant stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was fun. I think, honestly, I had a lot of beginner's luck that first year. Got me hooked. Um, Good. Yeah. That's Mother Nature's way of this yes, luring you in. Yes, sucking you in. Mm -hmm. um, the decision to quit your full-time job, though, was probably mm -hmm. very scary. It was, yeah. Um, I've always been, like, the primary breadwinner with the insurance and the 401k and all that. So it was a big leap of faith, but it just... I don't know. Life's really short. Yeah. And what I've learned just with family, with health issues and there's just no guarantees. So yeah. you might as well be brave. And I mean, worst case scenario, I get another nursing job. It it's not like you could do that in your sleep if you had to. I don't know. Like I've been out of taking care of patients for a good number mm -hmm. of years. I could totally do it again, but I'd have to like get some refresher stuff on yeah. my belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like, um, that's there and that's your safety net. Mm -hmm. So you can also be brave mm -hmm. because it's not like you're going to, you know, be destitute. Yeah. It'll lose be your okay. house or something. No, I'm, I'm too ornery and stubborn to let that happen. So if needed, yeah, I'll get another job, but I'm going to milk it as long as I can. Good. Do it. <laughs> well, we're rooting for you. Thank you. And I think it's really amazing that you literally grew up across 
the yes. lane mm-hmm. here on Mossy Lane. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's? Mossy Place. Mossy Place. I'll, yeah. I'll get it eventually. It's okay. The county named it. So. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, your mom still lives across mm-hmm. the, across the, the place. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And I, when I was living there, it was just a double wide mobile home on a little patch of dirt. Mom and dad bought it as their starter house and, um, just life circumstances. My dad had a genetic illness that, um, caused the end of his life. And cause it's genetic, my brother ended up with it too. And Aww. I also have another sister who also is ill with it, oh but they ended up staying like, you know, it was really cool to grow up in the woods here yeah. and it's neat to be back in the neighborhood. So is that where you were living when you got the 12 year old, you were 12 year yes. old mm-hmm. rose gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's gone now. Deer ate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have, we took a couple photos out in the Dahlia field and it, people will see there is a wonderful, tall, very tall deer proof mm-hmm. fence. Yeah. That's 12 feet. That's Aaron's gift to you, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, poor guy slaved over it all summer. It's not a complicated fence, but he had this beautiful design in mind with like some really pretty cross bracing of the wood. And then we realized the deer could sneak through it. And so at some point, you have to just get practical. We right? just had to get practical and just had to like do the easy thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it does its job. It's why you're going to be successful. You don't have yeah. that pressure. You might have other pressure, but yeah. deer are not going to be the only one. Nope. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to our, our pie and tea mm-hmm. with, with a, a crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll take a few photos so we can share it with everybody. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for coming. Thanks so much for joining us today. And as I mentioned, you'll want to visit slowflowerspodcast.com to see our show notes for episode 633 and watch the replay video of my conversation with Jody. You'll also see a few flower farm photos and learn more about George the Ford, Jody and her husband Aaron's vintage 1947 one-ton Ford pickup truck, beautifully restored and painted in a color called Greenfield Green with Tacoma Cream Trim, another fun marketing project of Mouse and Matter Farm, available for weddings, photo shoots, and party rentals. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy to use system, Details improves profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. You can grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with Details All-in-One platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of Details Flowers software. You can learn more at detailsflowers.com. In news of the week, Slow Flower Society is returning to the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival as the floral stage producer, an honor we have held for more than five years. The venerable show, the West Coast's largest indoor consumer flower and garden festival, takes place February 14th through 18th, 2024. We're so excited that so many Soulflowers members will be teaching and lecturing at next year's event. And I'm especially thrilled that Teresa Rao of Bell Patal 
and Sarah Naomi of Grow Girl Seattle will teach the hands-on floral design workshops on the Blooms and Bubbles stage. On the lecture stage, we'll see Misty Vanderweel of All Dahlia Up Flower Farm, Stephanie Bittner of Homestead Design Collective, Riz Reyes of RHR Horticulture and Heronswood Gardens, Janice Cox of At Home Beauty, and Tracy Yang of John Co. Flower Farm. They'll all make appearances. You can find the link for more details and tickets in today's show notes. I hope to see you there. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. Learn more at CAFGS.org. Well, I love all this floral goodness, and I am so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.